women on the wing. And he got one man down just being him. He wearing Gucci, so he Gucci. He got to know me, I'll drink and do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode of the Fluid Football Podcast. My name is Avi. My co-host, Jacob, is here, as always. Uh, he recently got football manager. Jacob, how are you liking that so far? I'm liking it a lot more than I expected to. I, I completely understand the hype around football manager at this point. Um, you know, I've had it a couple of days. I played around six or seven hours, bringing Arsenal back to the glory days. Made, uh, made a couple of big signings. I think uh, I brought in Donny van de Beek who's been pretty good so far. But, you know, Saka, Martinelli, the, the boys are thriving. Funny that you good. mentioned Van because uh, in my uh, football manager save, I brought him to Newcastle. So. Oh, did you? Yeah, but this is, after, this is a couple of seasons in when I had some cash. So. <laughs> yeah. No, we just, we just got battered by Liverpool, though. Oh, really? It was, it was ugly. I always lose to, like, Norwich City for some reason. Uh, I don't even know why. They just always destroy me. Like, crazy. But um, anyway, today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, swap deals. Um, you know, the coronavirus, you know, it's probably going to make big money deals a thing of the past um, for this summer at least. Um, but, you know, players are still going to be on the move. So we're going to give our, our own takes on um, some rumored swap deals and then later make up uh, some of our own as well. So, um, yeah, let's just start with um, Jorginho and uh, Pjanic. What are your thoughts on that, Jacob? Yeah, so, so this is one that's come out very recently. Um, you know, Sarri can't seem to get enough of Jorginho. We saw when, when he came into, into Chelsea, he essentially took out N'Golo Kante, who was maybe the best center defensive mid in the world, and he threw in Jorginho, who he, he absolutely loved. And Jorginho's been a, a relatively underappreciated player at Chelsea. He, he has his fan. He has, you know, you either love him or you hate him, it seems, is what, what I've found with people. Um, but, you know, I, I think moving to Juventus could do him well. Juventus definitely could do with, you know, a, a natural CDM, a reliable passer like Jorginho. And then on the flip side, Marilyn Pjanic, it would be neat to see him at Chelsea in the, in the Premier League. He's a quality player. He slots right into the side. You know, you have, you put Kante back in as a defensive midfielder, Kovacic and Pjanic in front of him. And that's a pretty powerful midfield, if you ask me. So I like it. I do like it. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't really like it. Um, I feel like Jorginho is just come, kind of coming into his own at Chelsea. And I think people are kind of like really starting to appreciate, you know, what he does for the team, um, you know, with his passing range. But I'm not sure it makes sense now to, you kind of break it up. And I thought, you know, Frank Lampard was, I thought he was pretty positive about Jorginho. So I'm a little bit surprised to hear this rumor. And also, you know, Pjanic was, I thought he was thriving, you know, at Juventus this season. You know, I think people also are starting to, you know, appreciate what he does. And, you know, the fact that it doesn't always, you know, show up in the stats. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I think they could each be successful at, you know, if they swapped. But I'm not sure it makes sense to, to fix something that's not broken for, for both clubs. No, that's a good point. I, I hear what you're saying. It would be neat to see Jorginho playing in an Italian side again, though, um, now that he's kind of reaching his prime, kind of, you know, getting to line up alongside his fellow countrymen could do him well internationally as, you know, as well, chemistry-wise. But, I, I mean, I do hear what you're saying. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, yeah. 
it would yeah, be it would fair. be cool to see him back with Starry. Um, you know, I'll give him that. But I mean, you know, he he'd play every minute, so it's a it's a great deal for him. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe, but Juventus either way have so many midfield options. It's remarkable. Uh, you you could line up any three in the midfield. You have you know Rabio, Ramsey, uh, Pjanic. You have Bentancur, Bentancur. Yeah. I always I always botch the name. Um, and still there. I mean, and, and uh, Ramsey, they seem like they've kind of struggled to fit in, you know, thus far, um, which is understandable because, you know, both came from uh, foreign leagues outside of Italy. Um, so I heard, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I think Ramsey maybe regrets leaving Arsenal. Um, maybe, maybe. Arsenal fans, appreciate, Arsenal fans definitely appreciate him all the more now that he's gone. You know, we, we realize what we lost now that he's no longer here. And we would, we would take him back in a heartbeat. We, we kind of miss the, you know, energy and, and passion that he brought to the game. Uh, but but still, still a bright future ahead of Ramsey, in my opinion. He, he still has time. Uh, yeah, and I, think it was kind of a, I think it was kind of a short-sighted move on his part because, you know, I think in an interview I saw, you know, he said, um, you know, Emery basically said, you know, you're not in my starting 11. So he felt like he didn't want to sign a new contract. But, you know, managers come and go. And I feel like, you know, Arsenal for him, obviously that was his, you know, I think his boy, boy club or whatever. Um, I, I think, you know, he should have just stuck around and because, you know, managers inevitably change. But I think Ramsey could have been a, a really integral part of this uh, of Arsenal in the future. Yeah. But uh, bottom line, Jorginho Pjanic, could could work for both players, but at the end of the day, might not be necessary for either one. Is is yeah. the conclusion here? Yeah. Let's uh yeah I'll give it a rating. Let's rate it out of a ten. Let's rate all these. Oh deals. okay. So um I'll give this one a I'll give this one a six. See you you kind of changed my mind. I would I would have given this like a, a seven and a half. Yeah. Let's let's give it a six. Let's call this one a six. Okay. All right. All right. All right um. Our next deal, um, this one has been, you know, linked for a decent amount of time. Neymar um, in exchange for um, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, this is this is a really interesting one. This would be, you know, one of the moves I think of of recent history in terms of probably one of the biggest swap deals we've ever seen. Um, it would be it would be really interesting. Um, yeah, what are your immediate thoughts? Yeah, it would be the highest profile swap I think we've ever seen. Um, yeah, two of. I mean, two players people would probably say are top 10 in the world at the moment. Neymar's almost definitely a, a top three player on his day, especially. But look, you're not going to bring back the old MSN. Suarez is you know, starting to decline. He's still class, but, but he's, he, he's undoubtedly declining. Neymar could use the switch, in my opinion. Um, if you want to be the best in the world, you can't be at PSG. You, you have to be at, at you know, Barca, Madrid, or... or you know, maybe maybe in the Premier League, but but at PSG, you're not being, uh, you know, pressured enough. You're you're not facing enough competition. So for Neymar, you know, and we've seen these rumors over the years. Every year, he's linked with Barcelona. I, I I'd like to see him back, uh, at you know at the Camp Nou. This swap deal, you know, I love this swap deal because I'm not a fan of Antoine Griezmann, and especially at Barcelona. I'm a I'm a big Barcelona fan. I don't think he fits into the system, at least the way he's being deployed. Um, and and I, want, I want him out, if I'm, if I'm being totally honest with you. 
and sending Griezmann away in exchange for Neymar sounds like a great deal. Yeah, I, I don't. I never really understood the Griezmann deal. I mean, on paper, like, yeah, he's he's a good player, but he doesn't fit into Barcelona's style of play. He doesn't really fit in there positionally. They try to stick him on the wing, but he obviously prefers to be more central. Um, and then the money they paid for him, which was ridiculous, obviously too. And it's just it's just never seemed you know quite right to see him in a Barca jersey. Um, and I think it would be um, you know good for him to go back to France. You know, obviously his home country. He could really you know make a name for himself in Paris. Um, and you know, like you said, you know Neymar, you know it seems like he's beginning to like PSG a little bit more. You know, this past year, but he's never also kind of fell at home there either. Um, and I think you know Barca has, has always been his his um, you know his home, I guess. Yeah. Uh, something that I'm curious about. I, I, so obviously you have Mbappe, who may be the biggest name at PSG. Along, of course, you know I don't know who's better, Neymar or Mbappe. That's a whole other debate. Um, they they seem to have found a sort of chemistry that that suited them over the last year or two. And if you swapped out Neymar for Griezmann, do you think that that level of chemistry would you know exist? Of course, they're both French. But, you know, in the World Cup, Mbappe was just starting to emerge as a, as a top, top player. And nowadays, Mbappe would probably be considered the best player in the side. And from what I understand, Antoine Griezmann is used, used to and accustomed to and prefers to be the central player and the focus of the squad. And so I'm not sure, from a chemistry standpoint, if this move would do him well. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you look at it from PSG side of things, it doesn't maybe make the most sense. But <clears throat> I think Mbappe, um, you know, he could – he's probably going to leave, you know, next summer. Um, you know, we thought it was going to be this summer. But, you know, he does seem to um, – that's an interesting point. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I'm not, I didn't really think about that, you know, positionally, you know, because both players like to be in the center. I think Mbappe wouldn't mind being on the wing, honestly. I, I think – you know, he's very adept. He can shift out wide if he needs to. And I think, um, you know, he, he would be willing to do that. Um, you know, that, that French link-up, I think, would actually um, could actually be a really interesting partnership. Um, but, you know, Neymar and Mbappe, I think we, we hadn't seen the best of them yet, um, which is unfortunate. You know, I think this year's Champions League was, you know, I think we were, we were going to see something special from them. And we did. I mean, you know, the, their performance against Dortmund was, was great. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we had seen the best of, Neymar and Mbappe and but, but I do think this this deal makes sense from a financial um, standpoint and just you know the fact that both players aren't really gelling you know with where they're at right now I mean Griezmann said he, he basically forgot how to dribble earlier this year you know <laughs> so but, but before we rate this one I, I, I genuinely think this is very likely something along these lines some deal between Neymar and Griezmann and, and Barca and PSG very, very possible, um, and it would be really cool. But how would you rate this? You know, this trend, the, the swap deal. I'll give it eight and a half. Eight and a half. I was gonna say an eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eight point two five. We'll split the difference. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that one though, and and that's that's one out of our whole list. Well, actually, no. Let's keep going before I make any uh, any claims. <laughs> any, any. Yeah. All right. So um, next up, we've got a. Uh, Paul Pogba in exchange for um, Paulo Dybala. Um, this is one as, you know, both players have actually been, you know, linked separately with um, you know, moving to, you know, Pogba going back to Juventus and, and Dybala coming to United. Um, you know, a swap deal, 
you know, could make sense here. Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I think, you know, Dybala was, you know, heavily linked to United in the summer, um, you know, but it seems like he's kind of found his place back in Juventus. You know, where do you, where do you think he would fit into that United side? Yeah, so, so first of all, um, Dybala seems to be playing possibly the best football of his career right now, at least until the season was canceled. Uh, and he, you know, he's really coming into his own, fulfilling that potential. And he's been, he's been the main man at Juventus this season. It, it, could, be, it could be said. Uh, and at United, there's such a glut of attacking options that, of course, Dybala goes into one of the spots because he's just he's absolutely a class player. But it's for United, it's at the expense of one of their young talents, be it Rashford, Martial, or Mason Greenwood, who, who now doesn't get into the side. You could play Dybala as more of an attacking midfield option, but then you have Bruno Fernandes. How do those two complement with Scott McTominay and or Fred sitting more defensively? I don't like it very much. I think that's you're, you're throwing too many numbers forward there, not enough solidity. I don't like it from United's standpoint. What I do like is simply the value that they get for Paul Pogba because ironically, United don't lose much when they give up Paul Pogba because the man doesn't play for them half the time. <laughs> I, he, he, he's always got something going on, you know, not allowing him to play. So United are, are giving up a midfielder who doesn't suit up in exchange for, you know, the, maybe the successor to Messi in the Argentinian side. But I don't like it from United's side. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on this deal. Um, you know, I think Pogba leaving United is, an, is inevitable. Um, but I'm not sure if Dybala is the right person to bring in. Uh, you know, because, you know, let's say, you know, Pogba leaves, so then maybe you shift Fernandez back into that, you know, more defensive role with, you know, McTominay or Fred then you put Dybala in that 10 role or that second striker, um, you know, maybe that could work, but I, I just think, you know, there's, um, there's just more needs there than, than honestly their attack. I think, you know, they could, they, they would be, they would do better, you know, finding a Pogba replacement um, than finding another attacker. And also from Juventus side of things, I don't know why they would want to give up Dybala at this point. I think they have plenty of options in the midfield. Yeah. It would be great to get Pogba back, but, um, you know, I don't think that's, that's an area of their team where it's a, it's a glaring uh, flaw. If you're United, like you said, you know, maybe replace Pogba rather than find an attacking option. Because I've doubted him for a bit. I've doubted Mason Greenwood for a bit. But give the kid a chance to, to be a sta- become a staple in the side. Don't just use him as a you know, second-half substitute. Let him get in. Bring in Alexandro. Swap Pogba for Alexandro in some cash or something. I think, I, you know, they, they need a new left back. Um, why don't United go after Pjanic? Yeah, that's, 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 that's really interesting. Um, I think that, that would make more sense. You know, I think, you know, Pjanic is probably, you know, his valuation is a little lower than Pogba. So maybe you get Pjanic and Sandro and you throw a little cash the other way. I think that would be, um, you know, really interesting, actually. And I think it would make more sense for United. And... Um, you know, I think it would make more sense for Juventus as well. Yeah, but before we uh, rate this transfer too harshly because of Dybala maybe not fitting in, could you imagine Dybala in the Premier League? In, let's, let's say he does cost one of those forwards one of their spots. You still have a great squad out there. 
you still have Paulo Dybala maybe filling that, you know, center forward role, Rashford on the, you know, Rashford on one wing, Martial on the other, you figure out how to do it. Maybe Dybala on the right wing, however you want to line it up. That's a scary front three. Yeah, that, that is really interesting. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, Liverpool's a little bit, you know, you have like those three very, you know, almost interchangeable in attack, you know, yeah. they popping around and they could, you know, you know, make some uh, really interesting combinations. So, you know, that would, you know, potentially it would be a, a scary front three, but, you know, I'm not sure it makes sense um, just any other, other th- sides of the deal. Yeah, dare I say that would be some uh, fluid football. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, no, I am going to rate that transfer a four and a half. Well, four and a half. Four okay. and a half. I'll give it a, I'll give it a five. Five. Okay. <laughs> All right. Get, what's the last, the last deal that we've, we've heard about. Okay. Um, so Thomas Partey, exchange uh, for Alexander Lacazette, you know, Partey has been linked to Arsenal very heavily now. And, you know, he's posted various things on his social media and stuff. Um, I think, you know, this is, this is a very, I think this is the most likely deal out of all of them. Um, just because it seems like Partey's, you know, set on coming to Arsenal. And it seems like Lacazette, you know, he's kind of lost his place in the team. Yeah, this is, this is my favorite transfer uh, in the list so far. Uh, Lacazette, you know, has been linked with Atletico for a while. They were chasing his signature when Arsenal signed him, actually. Arsenal beat Atletico to him. Um, although they beat us to Lamar, so, you know, 1-1 one, one there. But, uh, you know, Lacazette, like you mentioned, he's not the same player that he was at Lyon in his final season uh, or in his debut season. He had a solid debut season at Arsenal. But, you know, Aubameyang should be starting in that striker role, arguably, with Martinelli on the wing or, or you know, Martinelli up top, Aubameyang out wide. You also have Saka who can play on the left with Alba up top. There's a lot of ways you can organize that front three with Pepe on the right, uh, of course. And Lacazette doesn't make it in for me. Um, and if you can offload Lacazette in exchange for a, a top a top CDM, then I'm all for it. Uh, and I'll, I'll get in a little bit later with one of my transfers that I'd like to see. But Thomas Partey slots right in and and does a great job if he's at the club. And I'd love to see it. What do you think? Yeah, um, you know, the only, you know, I guess, issue I would have is, you know, does Arsenal need another, you know, defensively minded midfielder? It seems like they kind of have that position covered and they would need a, you know, more creative presence there. I think it, you know, it still does make a lot of sense when you look at the financial stuff and, um, you know, just where both players are in their careers. Um, you know, it would, you know, if Lacazette ended up going to Madrid, that would, you know, bring up a little bit of um, interesting situation because you would have Costa there. You would have Alvaro Morata there still. So I think maybe you would see Costa leave or Morata leave there. Um, so I, I think it makes a lot of sense, but I'm not sure if Arsenal need another you know, defensively-minded uh, midfielder. That, that's fair. I'm going to start with my uh, first transfer then in, in a bit, but, but I hear what you're saying. He's an upgrade to what we have right now, though. Uh, he, yeah. he, he, he becomes probably the, you know, the top midfielder at the club, almost definitely, with more potential to... to you know, fulfill. And for that reason, I rate this transfer a whopping 10 out of 10. I love it. I want to see it. Let's make it happen, Arsenal. Yeah, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. This is 
you know, probably the most likely to happen. And I think it does make a lot of sense. So it'd be really cool too. And I, awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page there because <laughs> you know, that would be fantastic for the club. Good, bright, bright things ahead. Um, and this brings me right into my first transfer swap deal that I'd like to see. Like you said, Arsenal do have quite a few options in that central defensive midfield. You have Granite Xhaka, you have Torreira, you've seen Guendouzi slotted in there. Bringing in Partey adds a fourth, and you know, you're only playing two at the most, ideally. So my first swap deal sees Lucas Torreira exit the club. Uh, to AC Milan in exchange for Lucas Paqueta. I like that. Now, Milan have, have several attacking options. Paqueta is obviously a young Brazilian talent who, who might have a bright future, might have a higher price tag than Lucas Torreira. But Torreira has been linked with a couple of Italian clubs uh, in, the, in the past year, year and a half. He, similar to Lacazette, started off very well. The fans loved, he was, I mean, he was a fan favorite almost immediately. The way he zipped around the pitch, he was almost, he was playing like in Golo Kante. He hasn't quite been the same since then. He's still a great player, um, but, you know, I think we can afford to get rid of him, especially if we have Thomas Partey coming in. I think it'd be, you know, a great shot to have, um, you know, Paquette in. I think he's, he's only 22 years old, you know, a more creative presence that, you know, it seems like Arsenal need. Um, you know, I would. The only thing I would change about that deal would maybe you know send Jaka out and keep Torreira. Um, you know, I think Jaka. You know, obviously he said he wants to stay at the club. He's had kind of a rocky, you know, recent season. Um, you know, obviously with the you know yelling at the fans and whatnot. Um, but I also I think you know Torreira is only you know 22 or 23, um, so I, I think you know he still has a lot of you know room to grow. Um, you know, whereas Jaka, I feel like we we've seen his ceiling. You know, it's it's a good ceiling, but I, I think, you know, Torreira still has, you know, more room to grow. Look, we're going to have to have an episode on Granite Xhaka because I have a lot to say about Xhaka. I like <laughs> the guy. I want him at my club. He, besides the fact that he's a leader and a role model for younger players, I think he's a class player. There are times when, you know, he does look a bit dodgy. It might just be the nature of the Premier League, which is very, you know, high-paced, intense, high-pressure. He's not necessarily suited for it, but, but when he's complimented by the right midfield partner, he's absolutely class. His passing range is, is you know, as, as good as you can ask for. Um, and, you know, I, I am a big fan. Uh, if he is complimented by Partey, I really think you could see, you could see him, him thrive. Um, Partey is not, not like N'Golo Kante in the way that N'Golo Kante runs all over the pitch, but, but Partey brings a lot of energy. And he also is really good at driving forward with the ball, which Xhaka is not, because Xhaka is very slow. He's very slow. But, you know, I think they would, they would do well next to each other. But well, I hear what you're saying. Be, um, Arsenal fans would probably agree with you for the most part. Yeah. I think um, that would be a scary, you know, midfield trio of Xhaka, Partey, and then Paqueta. I think that's, that's a great, um, you know, it's a really balanced, you know, midfield three there. Well, if it's Jaka and Partey, you're not coming out of the match with both legs intact. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's automatic two bookings right there. Just chalk them up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I want, give, give me a rating here. I want, I want to hear what you think. 
Okay, um, so this is Paqueta in exchange for Torreira. Um, I'm going to give that a seven. I like it. I think it makes sense. Um, but, you know, not a perfect deal. Thank you. And real quick, we forgot to mention Ozil's aging. Paqueta slots in right for Ozil. We didn't talk much about Paqueta, but, you know, right. he could do he Also, could do Ozil, I, I heard a report that, you know, Ozil is just going to run down his contract essentially and leave on a free transfer just because he wants that money. So I, I don't blame him, but... <laughs> we, we wouldn't get much for him anyway at this point. Yeah. All right, give me, give me your first. Deal. Okay. So, you know, we t- we've talked about Lautaro Martinez on here, you know, before. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, Inter recently just said, you know, it seems like they're ready to, for him to leave. Um, and, it, and it seems like he's definitely going to head to Barcelona. Um, so, you know, Barcelona are very cash-strapped, if you haven't heard. They, they don't have um, – they don't have they, – they're in a lot of debt right now. So I, I figured – you know, let's swap him with um, Usman Dembele. Uh, you know, it seems like Dembele is on his way out of the club. You know, recently he didn't show up to training. So, you know, apparently that was the last straw. So it actually seems like Dembele is on his way out of the club. Um, you know, on transfer market, you know, Martinez is worth 70 million. Dembele is worth 60 million. Um, you know, what's 10 million more to, to Barcelona's debt, you know? So I think Dembele really needs a fresh start. And, you know, Martinez you know, he wants to leave, um, you know, to, to Barcelona. And, you know, Messi has been really advocating for this move, actually. Um, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense for Barcelona to have that heir to, to Suarez. Um, but I'm, I, have to, I have to say, you know, it doesn't make the most sense for Inter because of the way Conte sets up his team. Um, but I think, you know, with, with the player, with the quality of, of Dembele, you know, you find a way to make it work. You know, maybe you push Victor Moses, you know, into a higher – um, you know, wing, wing role there. But, but yeah, what do you think of that? I love it. Uh, I, when I was thinking of transfers, I was trying to figure out what to do with Usman Dembele. And this is, this is fantastic because I also read, you know, Inter essentially accepted the fact that Lazaro is going to be leaving at some point. Exactly. Now, the system at Inter might have to change a bit. It might have to be similar to what, you know, what Chelsea were doing with, you know, that, you know, the, Four three three with whatever, because right now they play with Lotaro and Lukaku, as we know. Yep. But I think I think from Lotaro's standpoint, you know, it's a very very easy move. It's perfect. Not much to say there. I think from Dembele's side, I agree he needs a fresh start. Injuries have been plaguing him since he made his big signing, his you know in- incredibly large fee as well. But I think he brings, you know, when he's healthy, again, a young player with a high ceiling, but when he's healthy, I think he brings a certain flair and technical ability that, you know, adds value to that inter side. And it could do Lukaku very well to, I mean, Lukaku has been fantastic since signing for inter and he's been sharing, you know, that striker position with Lotaro. So if he's by himself and, and he's, you know, just being provided more and more service from the wings from a player with the quality of Dembele. I think it's, it's a great move and I really like it for both parties. Yeah. I mean, Dembele just kind of glides around the pitch and I think Inter are a little more, you know, industrious if you will. Um, But I think that's something that they could really use, um, you know, to try to, you know, catch up in that, you know, race with um, Juventus um, or, you know, just in Champions League football. Now, now, how does Barca line up then with Lataro? Um, so I think in the attacking side. Suarez is going to go to the bench, so he slots into that you know striker role. 
um, you know, Messi on one of the wings. And then on the other wing, you know, maybe it's Fati. Maybe he's, he's ready to make that step, you know, for next season. Um, maybe it's Griezmann if he's still at the club. You know, I'm not sure, but they do still have options, and I, I think they're good options. You know, Ansu Fati and uh, Antoine Griezmann are, you know, some of the best, um, you know, attacking options in the world. I mean, Fati's still young, but you know, he's got yeah. that. Uh, that that'll be an interesting career to follow to Ansu Fati. A lot of, a lot of eyes being being placed on him at the youngest age that we've seen in a long time. I mean, what is he was 17 when he made his debut. I think he's yeah, 16 or 17. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen any any anyone make a debut at a top top club at that young in a very long time. I mean, Mbappe was yeah. 18 or 19 when he started playing with PSG. I think. Yeah, he was. I think he was 17 at Monaco, but. 17. Oh, 17. Oh, I didn't yeah. know 17. Oh my goodness! Yeah, imagine Bro, these, these guys are younger than three years imagine younger. Imagine knocking us. out Manchester City in the in the semi or the quarterfinals of the Champions oh League. Oh my goodness! At seventeen oh years old. Anyway, um, back to Fati. I mean, I heard a report that you know, Barcelona might be forced to sell him because of the financial problems. You know, I heard a possible de- destination for him um, would be Dortmund, which would be really interesting. But um, you know, have and then Barcelona would have like a buyback clause or something of that sort. Um, I think, you know, either, you know, letting him go on loan to, to Dortmund or, you know, having that buyback clause, I think that could actually make a lot of sense for, for Barca, you know, because maybe, you know, they think, you know, Fati's not ready for first-team football right now. Um, and I think, you know, like I said before, there's no better place to develop as a young player than Dortmund. So that, that would be interesting. Absolutely. I really like it. I like all these little moves that go on, too, with, uh, with, all, with all this. But uh, I give that an 8.5 out of 10, Dembele for Baltara. I like that. Thank you. Who's your uh, second? All right. So this is so this is this is my final swap deal, um, and it might be a stretch, but we've read I've read a couple times recently, you know, from a couple different places that Real Madrid have been after Ingolo Conte, and Conte would obviously be a massive loss for Chelsea, but Chelsea could demand a high price or you know high compensation for his signing for, for, for Conte. And so we've seen James Rodriguez linked with a lot of clubs. I, I would send not only James Rodriguez, but I would also send Luka Jovic. So Conte for James and Jovic. Now Jovic slots in ahead of Tammy Abraham. Um, of, of course, he has to return close to that form that he had at Frankfurt. But I think it does him well. And then James, uh, I believe fits into that, that Chelsea midfield. He adds a little more flair uh, in the midfield. That's, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I think you know, Chelsea are not in a position where they, they feel like they have to give up Conte or they want to give up Conte. But I think, you know, from Chelsea's side of things, I'm not sure if they'd be willing to do that at, at uh, almost any price. But, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously Madrid, you know, want Conte for, for good reason. Um, and, you know, Chelsea do want, you know, some more depth at that striker role, um, which is, you know, something linked to my second swap deal as well. But, um, you know, I think James, you know, that could be an interesting one. You know, he, he's a guy, you know, him and Coutinho, the poor, you know, journeyman of, of the top clubs in Europe. They just keep getting, you know, thrown around between like, the top 10, you know, super clubs or whatever. But, uh, you know, that, that could be interesting, you know, seeing James you know, try to revitalize his career. But, um I do think, you know, Chelsea would be hard-pressed to let uh, Conte leave there. No, it def- definitely would. And I don't, I don't see this happening. I don't see them getting rid of Conte. Um, 
I do think like as long as Jorginho is deployed as the you know strictly defensive option instead of Conte, I think they can they can find someone to add more attacking threat than Conte does add in that role. Uh, but Conte's still you know one of the best midfielders in the world, so um, that was just one that I thought could be could be interesting. Send a couple Real Madrid rejects over for Conte. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's um that's that's part of the fun with this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Creative. And we're having we're having a great time out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just get into my or well, actually, let me let me rate yours first. Uh, oh boy, this one's. I'll give yeah, it a six, six and a half. I'll give it a six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Respect. <laughs> all right. Um. So my last swap deal, um, you know, like we were talking about, you know, Chelsea want more depth at that uh, striker role. So, you know, Moussa Dembele has been linked to um, Chelsea for a little bit, a little while now. And I think, um, you know, especially with Hakim Ziyech coming in, you know, that they're, they're pretty loaded at the winger position. So, um, you know, bring in Dembele to Chelsea and then Chelsea send uh, Willian and Michy Batshuayi to Lyon. Um, I think, you know, this makes a lot of sense um, for both clubs. You know, Dembele would, you know, is an upgrade automatically over, I think, Giroud and Batshuayi. Um, you know, to compete with Tammy Abraham, you know, you know, you know, whether, you know, he starts over him, I'm not sure. Um, but, um, you know, I think that does make a lot of sense for Chelsea. And then the, on the flip side of things, I think it makes even more sense for Leon because, um, you know, Dembele is inevitably going to leave. And I think, you know, you get great value with William and, and Batshuayi. Those are two, you know, seasoned pros who have a lot of games under the belt and who are going to score a lot of goals. And I think they'd be really beloved at a club like Leon. Um, you know, who, who have those players who, you know, maybe aren't at the, at the world-class, you know, level yet, but are, are just below that. And I think, um, you know, they would fit in really well there, you know, with Memphis Depay. Um, and, and also I think it fits Chelsea's vision of younger players. You know, William's already 31. Batch-wise, you know, 26, you know, he's not old, but, you know, he's getting up there. Um, so, and also their valuations match up perfectly, you know, both at 44 million if you combine them. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting one as well. The Dembele side works, I think, no questions asked. Um, like you said, it would be neat to see him competing with Tammy Abraham, two very young strikers, uh, you know, seeking that, that striker role in the Chelsea side. From Lyon's standpoint, they, I mean, they have a lot of young wingers. So, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, Willian kind of complements that by, by being the, the seasoned veteran that he is and potentially being a role model, teaching the younger wingers things they might, you know, need, just get, giving advice. But you have, you know, Cornet, Bertrand, Traore, uh, Depay. You, you have these attackers on the side, all pretty young. I think Batshuayi could slot in. I don't know if he's the long-term man for the job. But I, I, I like Willian more than I like uh, Batshuayi for Leon. But I also see Batshuayi needing to move on. And, it, you know, he, he's, he's a, a solid player, and I see him at a club like Leon. So, I mean, it, it, it works, I think. And um, I think William and Batshuayi, they both really want to be starting at this, at this stage of the career. You know, at Chelsea, they're, they're never going to be anything more than depth options. Um, you know, especially, you know, like I said, all the wingers at, at Chelsea. And then, you know, Batshuayi, you know, Lampard clearly prefers um, Abraham there. And, and you also have Giroud there still. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, Leon, it makes sense because, uh, 
you know, that fr- a front three of, of Depay, Willian, and Batshuayi, I think that would be really scary. Also, I think Batshuayi is really underrated. I, I mean, I love yeah. whenever he went out on loan, he was really yeah. successful. Valencia, Dortmund, two really successful spells. And, you know, clubs, they just didn't want to sign him permanently because I think, you know, his price is still, you know, pretty high. But I would love to see him, you know, really be the main man at a club. And uh, I think he would, um, you know, really surprise a lot of people. No, that's, that's very fair. I remember when he went to Dortmund, and Valencia too, he was tearing it up. And he was like uh, the Batman at, at Valencia. Yeah. I remember he was like claiming he was the Batman, something like that. But uh, <laughs> no, and, and, and side note about Batshuayi, what a, a likable player. Just as a as a person, what a likable guy! Yeah. Great personality. Great. He's I mean, got a, he's got a good link up with uh, Pulisic at Chelsea too, which is fun to see. Oh yeah, were they at Dortmund together? Was was Pulisic there? Uh, yeah, they were, and that's probably part of it. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I like it though. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a I'm gonna give it a seven because I mean it does it does work for me. It's not perfect for I I mean it's not perfect for Leon, but I think it works and it's it does you know solve solve some problems so that's fair i think all right uh yeah that, uh, concludes our uh, our swap deals yeah let's uh let's talk real quick about some things going on in the football world um before we talk bundesliga the you know english football uh we're seeing a lot of rumors going around first we see the championship is aiming to return in early june and then we see that the league one and, and league two are deciding whether or not they're going to play at all. So, so that I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, yes, uh, no, it's 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 a bit confusing, and I have to admit I'm 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 a little more pessimistic on how you know England's going to resume on, on their soccer side of things. Um, you know, just because it, it seems like there are a lot of um, you know complications because you know clubs are not going to be able to play at their home stadiums, I believe, and. Um, it's just it's just a bizarre situation. Um, I, I'm looking at this up right now. It looks like the League Two clubs have voted to end the season early. Um, so it, it says 24 clubs voted unanimously for three teams to be promoted to the League One, with promotion playoffs still taking place and no relegations to the National League. Um, that's interesting. I think it's it's probably the right thing to do. Um, uh, you know, I think it makes sense to have those promotions. The no relegations part, I don't know. I think they could get messy, but um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no. I mean, the promotion – I was going to say the promotion relegation is is the biggest issue with this because you can't have – I mean, you, I guess you can have one division saying we're playing and we're having promotion relegation and the, the lower division saying we're not playing, but we're still going to go with you know, promotion. We're still going to send you our teams. It's kind of – funny how how league two is saying we're going to send teams up but we're not going to send them down uh that's kind of peculiar yeah i think that and i'm reading further in this article and it says you know they haven't really hammered down the relegation part yet um but you know the final placings they said will be determined by a points per game system and then the playoffs um you know to 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 determine the um, final promotion place um i think it makes a lot of sense at this point you know, I think the logistics are just kind of stacking up against, um, you know, resuming play. Obviously, the Bundesliga are doing it, but I think where Germany are, you know, in terms of the virus is a lot different than where England are. So. Yeah, no, totally. You also have fewer teams in the Bundesliga than, you know, in the, the English, all of the English uh, divisions. 
I believe. Right. Um, but, you know, speaking of the Bundesliga, very excited for tomorrow, kicking off with uh, Dortmund Schalke. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it's quite hit me yet that uh, soccer is going to be back tomorrow. So I guess I got to get up early for once on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see that. I, I still haven't heard what they're going to do in terms of, you know, are they going to put it, you know, put in artificial crowd noises? Are they going to let us hear the players communicating uh, on television? I'm not sure what they're doing. Have you heard anything? Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about artificial crowd noise. Um, you know, I, I think in a lot of stadiums, they're putting in cutouts of fans, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's going to be going to be um, kind of weird. But a lot of European clubs have experience with this because, you know, playing behind closed doors is a punishment, you know, for various things um, in soccer. So I think it, I, I would really like to see what you said, um, you know, miking up the players or, or something of that sort, just to give us more access um, at this time. I would absolutely love that. I think it adds a whole nother dimension to, to our understanding of, of the players and of, of the match and what's going on. That would be really cool. But, um, you know, as a reminder for everybody, the Bundesliga is being aired on Fox, FS1, FS2 uh, in the U.S., and then on BT Sport in the U.K. And we are running a fantasy Bundesliga league that you still have time to join if you so please uh, just go to the official Bundesliga fantasy app or website and search our league. It is called Fluid Football Podcast. And so far, we have around 20 people entered. We are looking forward to a fun, eventful season, and, and we'll be announcing the top few finishers at the end of it. But Avi, have you, I mean, you don't have to give anything away, but have you selected your team? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm not great at fantasy soccer. You know, I don't have a ton of experience with it, but... Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I put a lot of a lot of eggs in uh, Borussia or Dortmund's bas- basket there. So hopefully, the you know the the black and yellow can uh, can carry me to victory. Interesting. We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna be like you know I'm used to managing fantasy you know fan- in the Premier League fantasy soccer and fantasy American football, you know at the same time with with other little managing contests going on. Now all my attention is going to be on fantasy Bundesliga. I'm going to lose sleep. You know, of course, we're playing some football manager, like you said. But I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm, gonna, I'm ready. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna win this. Yeah, I think Bundesliga has a has a real opportunity here to, to kind of seize the spotlight in the sports world because it's it's probably the biggest you know sports league um, going on. You know, when it starts tomorrow, but I think this could um, really be a cool introduction for for a lot of America or you know anywhere in the world for the Bundesliga um, to maybe you know take some of that pie from uh, the Premier League. So. Uh, I'm excited about it, and uh, hopefully the games aren't, um, you know, hopefully the players aren't too rusty. So hopefully we get yeah, some- we'll, we'll see. It's a great point. It'll be a great, uh, great way to expose Americans to the Bundesliga who, who might pay more attention to the Prem. Uh, and if you haven't yet, make sure to check out our last episode. We talk all about the Bundesliga, you know, about what teams you should follow and support, what young players are out there, what Americans are representing clubs in the league, um, and definitely worth a listen before things kick off. Uh, but other than that, I just want to, you know, thank you guys all for tuning in again and make sure to follow us on Twitter at fluid footy pod. Uh, you know, always happy to interact with you guys uh, on there, answer any questions, uh, debate, banter, whatever you'd like. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and 
we will catch you guys next time. Shane Maximin, underwing, and you got two men done just beating him. They wearing Gucci, so ain't Gucci, because you know me.